Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and you are listening to your weekly webinar. We have a full cohort of guests today, including two of the lady geeks, Carrie and Sherry. But first, I want to introduce our co-host featuring from Chicago, Mr. Jeff Herb. Jeff, how are you today? I'm very, very well, Jeff. Thank you. And I'd like to point out that it's Katie, not Carrie, and that's all good. <laughs> I was thinking of the puppet. <laughs> the puppet. The puppet is Carrie. Definitely, <laughs> definitely thinking of the puppet tonight. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to have some uh, guests with us tonight. Looking forward to talking to you and hearing about Google Scripts. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a good weekend here. I just watched the Broncos uh, annihilate the, uh, the, that other team from the AFC. That's the other other team. Good. (laughs) Anything going on this week for Instructional Tech Talk? We've got a podcast coming out. We're going to be talking about Voxer and what to look for in terms of hiring teachers. I know a lot of administrators always ask me, you know, if you're looking online for information about a candidate, you know, that's kind of a sticky situation. But if you're looking online to see what people are involved in, uh, just have kind of a list of things to look for and, uh, That'll be talked about on this week's podcast. Nice. Also want to bring on my other co-host from the South, Mr. John Samuelson. John, how are you today? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you're, you're planning to go to a conference, I understand. How are things uh, with the travels? Uh, you know what? I'm going to many, many conferences, um, many ed camps, many different things. And uh it starts next week. A week from today is when it starts. And uh, I'm traveling all the way to downtown Austin for that first conference. And then for the second conference for TCI, I'll be traveling all the way back downtown to Austin. Nice. Then, then the real traveling starts. And you're going out to the West Coast. You, you're uh, you're looking to go to a llama farm, I understand, aren't you? That's right. I would lo- love to see the llama farm and the puppet farm of Sam Patterson. And uh, I'm hoping that when I go to the Q conference, I will see him. Uh, we just rented a plush retro pad with a full-on bar and trailer and pool in Palm Springs. So if you're um, going to Q, maybe come over here and I'll invite you to the uh, cool pad karaoke party that it will be impromptu. Nice. Want to bring on our two guests. They are known as the Lady Geeks. So let me see if I get their name right this time. It's Katie Regan. Katie, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Doing, Thank you. Doing well. And I also want to bring on Miss Sherry. Sherry, how are you today? I'm doing well. Sherry Sloan. <laughs> and uh, girls, tell us a little bit about yourself. What What are Lady Geeks? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. There's like a sigh in there, too. Katie's like, oh, oh, um, a spokesperson. Come on. Keep I know. Okay. All right. Poster child here. Um, we actually started this brand because we found out that every conference that we went to, there weren't a lot of women who were doing advanced technology integration like we were. And that's how we actually became friends. We were talking about Moodle and we bonded over Moodle. And you know how the user interface for Moodle is, um, has a, a huge learning curve. Okay. So we just started this thing and we you know, branded ourselves. We put hashtags on our shirts. We started <laughs> tweeting out with our hashtag. And it kind of just took off from there. And we started the podcast. Um, so we are just really geeky women and... We love integrating technology, but we also like to talk about technology in general. Now, where can we find information about that wonderful podcast of yours? Uh, you can find it at ladygeeks.org.net.us.info. <laughs> That's and a lot of places. And on Instagram. Is that one website, or can you do it? <laughs> Yep, yep, the whole strip now. <laughs> Peggy, I hope you got all that all, yeah. all those links up there. Good. Excellent. <laughs> very, very you nice. Just um Google hashtag Lady Geeks, you'll find us. Now I'm glad that you guys are here. And and today we're talking Google scripts. Jeff, are you familiar with what Google scripts are? I know some about Google scripts, and that's why I'm excited that these two ladies will be talking about them this evening so I get a better understanding of them. But yeah, I have a very basic understanding. John, are you a Google Scripts person yourself? I know Dr. Puss. And Dr. Puss, I know yes. That, 
Yes, I know that uh, Katie's a huge Google Scripts person, and I know I, everything that I know about Google Scripts, I've learned from her. Like, I know that Andrew Spillman is a really good Google Scripts person, mm -hmm. and I also know that from I watched their show with Alice Keeler, and they talked a lot about Google Scripts, too. So everything I know, I've learned from the Lady Geeks, I have to admit. Nice. Aww, that makes me feel so special. Very special. So <laughs> I'm glad that you girls are here today because I got to tell you a little bit about my week. I found out that my kids um, have access to Google Apps. I, I had no idea that the kids had access and had their own accounts. I knew that we had teacher accounts and we were starting to get into Google Apps, but I didn't know that our school actually flipped the switch. So I was really excited when we got our kids on and they logged on and I'm sitting there going, awesome. I can now actually get them in and start making Google Docs and doing all these wonderful things, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to keep all this organized. And then I talked to Katie this mm -hmm. week and she's like, I have an, I have a solution. I know how to keep all your, all your kids organized. I know what you're doing. I know how to help. And so I'm really, really interested in hearing what you guys are talking about. Katie, give us a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, well, first, Sherry's going to show you why you need this script. It is uh, the most important script for a teacher, especially one that teaches in a high school environment or middle school environment where you have, you know, up on the upwards of 150 students. It is very difficult to keep track of all of the documents that they're working on, and the sharing sometimes gets screwed up. They forget to share it with you. They don't put it in the correct folder, or they name it incorrectly. And if you've ever worked with the Google Apps with kids in the classroom, all that can become a huge headache and is time consuming. It's just very, very frustrating. So we're going to show you the script that you need to take care of all of those problems. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this just sounds like it's ridiculously impossible i mean i don't know how to do code i don't know how to how to handle things when you hear the word script that just scares the bejesus out of me is this something that anybody can do or is this something that you can pick up rather easily well no you can pick it up i'm sorry katie well katie can certainly tell you that um i was extremely fearful of scripts for the longest time i dislike spreadsheets i dislike numbers um and finally i just bit the bullet and i knew it would be helpful and i had katie walk me through it so i was lucky and she would make me little screencasts here and there sometimes and um it's it's a lot easier than it sounds um, and especially, I mean, there's tons of videos to, uh, in fact, Katie's made a video on ladygeeks.org that will walk you through um, a couple of these. Mm -hmm. awesome. And it's, you don't have to know any code mm -hmm. for this at all. Um, Andrew Stillman wrote the ones that we're going to show you tonight. Mm -hmm. And he, so he wrote them already that you find them in the script gallery and then you install them and go through the step-by-step -step process, uh, with the settings. So you don't have to know any code for that. Um, but what it, what a script is is kind of like when you record steps on a um, when you're doing a macro on your your laptop or your desktop and you have a bunch of steps in a row that you keep having to repeat over and over and over again. So you record a macro for that. It's a lot of the same idea where it's the same steps run over and over and over again with information in the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. We, of course, have a live audience here, and if you have any questions uh, and you're out there watching TeacherCast.tv or would like to uh, get a hold of us after the show and ask any more questions, please do. We're at Twitter, at TechEdShow, and, of course, we use the hashtag TechEducator. Um, Katie, why don't you take, a, take us a walk through what, you're, uh, what we're talking about today? Okay, I'm going to actually have Sherry start off by showing you um, the result of walking i had already walked her through g class folder so she's going to show you the results of that excellent sherry yes so um again yes so again g class folders only took me um just a few minutes to run and all you really need to uh, implement g class folders is a list of your students their names the period number that you have them um, and their email addresses um, for me, I, I chose to get the list from my admin um, instead of having the students give them to me because that was a nightmare. Um, so I, I, I got the list elsewhere, and um, so implementing it was quite easy. So now I just want to show you what my end looks like, and then Katie will go into how to build it. 
So this is my uh, this is my teacher screen, and you'll see that I have um, five different classes. I have a second period class, a third period class, a fourth, an eighth, and another eighth. Um, so when you run G Class folders, these automatically are put into your own drive um, just from running the script. They'll just appear there. And what will appear in each one, though, are folders within those folders. So again, this happens all automatically when you run the script. So in my second period class, I have a folder called the edit folder. Anything I put in that folder, all of the class can edit. As you can imagine, it's a nightmare, so do that very wisely. Um, but you can share a document with a whole class that they all can edit at the same time. Sherry, can, can they delete that too? Um, no, they can't delete it, no. They, they can just add, but they can add anything that they want to it. So it is, it is open. <laughs> um, right, because she owns the folder. Okay. Right. I don't use that because it's just a nightmare. Um, and then this next one is the view folder. And in that folder, you put anything that you want the kids to just see, like the syllabus. You know, like basically the, those handouts that you want them to, you know, access frequently you could put your syllabus there you could put your course requirements there whatever you want to put there but those they cannot edit but they can all view uh, i think i put other folders in there yes i i, I subfolder this with bell work and mini lessons because uh, in the beginning i was doing here's your bell work in the view folder make a copy put it in your assignments folder and i hope we're going to talk about doctopus tonight a little bit which solved that problem are we talking about Doctopus, Kate? Yes? Okay. She says yes. So before that, though, um, in this view folder, I would put the bell work and the mini lessons, and they would make a copy and put them in their assignments folder. Here is their assignments folders. So you'll see that I have a list of students, and in this list, I can see everything that that student has given me. Um, this is probably not a good example. Uh, and here's a list of everything that they've given me um, that all they have to do is put it in their assignments folder and automatically get it. Sherry, how'd you so, get those folders? Did the kids make those folders and share it with you or did you make a folder and share each of them with the kids? No, uh, Katie's going to show you the, the setup as to how to run G class folders, but this happens automatically. If you see, it's just the kid's name, the period number, and the word assignment folder. So what happens is the scripts automatically give them an assignment folder and me an assignment folder. And whatever they put in their assignment folder, I get. It's the same folder. So we share this folder that's in each of their drives. It's awesome. Yeah. So that, I mean, that right there um, made my life much easier. And then that with Doctopus gave me a paperless classroom with ease. Now, Sherry, real quick, anything you put in that edit folder is automatically editable by anyone in the class, correct? Yes. Okay. You don't have to add separate permissions for just no. the document. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it can be, again, I, it would have to be the right class. Um, mm. it, it is usually a nightmare. <laughs> Just, you know, to be quite honest with you. Um, but, oh, and then there's this teacher folder. Oops, I forgot to tell you about that. In this teacher folder, you can put your supplies for that class. So if I had, say, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a class rules or I don't know, like so my, my own notes for, for lessons or whatever. I can put my own notes and stuff in there and they can't see them but um, it's my own teacher folder for my second period class. I do not use this because I have a different method, um, but it is there if I need it. Right, and when you are, when I show you what you can do after G class folders with Doctopus, that teacher folder would come in handy for all of the templates that you would need. Mm -hmm. um, so just to reiterate a little bit, G class folders, you run it one time. You run the script one time at the beginning of the year or right now if you want to. And that creates student folders that are automatically shared with you and that one student. And it creates a class folder that's shared with everybody in that class. Um, and it runs it off of the spreadsheet information. The other script that I'm going to talk about, I probably won't have time to show you, is called Doctopus. And that's akin to a photocopier. So you have a worksheet on paper and you want to make 110 copies for your kids so that they can edit them, write on them, and then that 
child would hand that paper back to you. Doctopus does that automatically for you in the Google Drive and within the um, G class folders. So it will take a copy of a document and send it to every single kid and put it into their folders. Those assignments folders. Yep, and that takes care of the sharing problems that the, you know sometimes the kids forget to share. Um, it takes care of the naming conventions. I'm very particular. I always have been about my naming conventions. You need to name your, your file this. So I get to name the file, not them. Um, and then just the organization piece, it takes care of all that. Yeah, Doctopus was a dream come true for my classroom. Um, and it's so easy. And I can I can plan the night before because I always plan, you know, so late the night before. And then walk in the next morning and run the script and it's just a matter of like I don't know four minutes maybe for the the script to run and uh, whatever I worked on the night before there's a copy of that in each of the kids um, assignments folders they complete the assignment as their bell work uh, I have it um, named naming conventions the way I want it to be named with that you know the date and stuff in there correctly and I don't know, it's just, for, for me, the Doctopus, that was the aha moment for me. That's when I knew that I loved Google Scripts. Sherry, could you tell us a little bit about where we go to find these scripts or how do we implement that? Where, where, where's a good website to go to, to, to find this stuff? Well, Katie's going to show you that. And um, you can, of course, uh, you know, they have their own websites and you can, uh, you know, go from there. But it's right in the uh, Google Tools um, and, and so Katie's going to show you that. Sure. Okay. Katie? Can you see my screen? Yep. Okay. Can you still see it? No. No. <laughs> That's because I made it big. Let me do that again. <laughs> There we go. All right. You got it. There we go. Okay. Just an FYI, I might kill my child on air. <laughs> hey, some good programming right there. Katie, before you go on, we have a question from our live audience. The question is, does all of this work whether or not you are a Google Apps school, or do you have to be a Google Apps school to use this? No, I started using scripts before uh, my school went Google Apps. So I had I had my students sign up for a Google Apps account with their school email. If you don't have school email, um, you can do the fake email thing and have them sign up with a fake email. Uh, like my school email address was kregan at whatever, whatever. And then you would add a plus one to that. I think that's how you do it. Chris Cowder does that because his, his students are not allowed to have email addresses. Okay. Um, so here I have a spreadsheet where I have the student information. I have the first name, last name, and email. That's always what I tell people to start with. And then um, in order to grab the script, I would go to Tools and Script Gallery. And right now it's the one that's featured, the third one that's featured, and I would need to install that. Or do a search at the top for G Class folders. Yep. So you're, So this is from the... Google spreadsheet file, you, you're installing it into that particular spreadsheet. So this isn't installing it into all of the spreadsheets in your Google Apps. It's just this particular one. Right. It is file specific. The scripts are file specific, not Google account specific. And so if you take this spreadsheet file and you copy that, then is that also going to have the same uh, G class folders on it? Um, it would create a new file, so it might have the script installed, but it won't have the same settings. Got it. Okay, once I've authorized the script to access my Google Drive and all of that, it pops up with a new menu tab, and then I would just click on that and choose initial settings. And what that's going to do is to create, you know, it'll bring up a new window. Uh, when I was walking Sherry through this, I left all of this the same. It, there was no need for me to change any of that. And then I can't see the bottom of my screen. Click OK. And what that did was create a new tab in this spreadsheet. And again, G Class Folders is the one that you only have to run once a year. 
it added new columns, the first name, last name, and student email. So I just grabbed that from my other spreadsheet here, copy it, and paste it. Actually, quick correction, um, you have to run it every time you get a new student, which where some of us teach that could be um, last week. Mm -hmm. So I, I get new students all the time. So every time you get a new student, it's actually super easy. Um, you just add them to the bottom of the list, you run it again, and it puts them in the right spot. Um, it's no big right. deal to add a student. Right, but you don't have to do this setup all over again. Nope, nope. Once. Um, so with the class name, I had... Uh, the way Sherry wanted to do it, she had it just separated by period. But let's say you teach different preps, and I teach an English 9, English 9, and an English 10. Oops. Maybe an AIS. So the class name, these are the folders, that the main folders that it's going to create. So I'll have one folder called English 9, one called English 10, and one called AIS, the main folders. Then if I wanted to break that up further into different periods, let's say I taught English 9, first period and second period, I taught English 10, third period and fourth, and then I taught AIS, seventh period. So okay. under, under, I understand, underneath the English 9 folder, it will now have two separate folders, period one and period two. Underneath English 10 folder, it will have two folders, period three and period four. So that's how it's nesting the folders in this, in this spreadsheet here. That's all I have to do. So just to clarify, any class that you'd wanna be the same obviously would have to be typed the same way in each field, correct? Right, and you can do a copy down. Uh, let's say these are all English 9 students, and I just typed in English 9 in the top, oops, of course, English 9 in the top box, and I select that box again in their little blue box at the right-hand bottom of that cell. I hover over that, and my cursor becomes a plus sign, and I click that and drag it down, and it will automatically copy that text down your column. I, I did not know that. That's a really cool trick. Oh, that's a really good trick. Yeah. I love that one. Me too. Katie taught me that one. <laughs> of course. It, it's an old Excel job. Uh, Phil Handel, good times. Yeah. Okay, and if I wanted to, I could sort it by class period or last name, the spreadsheet, just to make sure that I've gotten everybody in and it's all sorted that way. Um, I don't have to because I've entered everybody the way I wanted to enter them by their class. And now I'm going to create new folders and shares. And this is the script that's running all those uh, recorded steps that I was talking about with the macros. This is what's happening here. So it added a bunch of new columns and it's this is running automatically right now. I'm not doing, I'm not even touching it. I'm not doing anything. And see how it's popping up? Oh, cool. It's, creating a student assignment folder for every single one of those students. And they also have the folder key or the link to that folder in this column. Oh man, that's awesome. So then it tells me it's done. It's created a period one English nine folder, a period three and a period four and a period seven. So I click okay and I just wanna show you in my Google Drive, it has created an English nine folder I think it's this one. I've done this before. <laughs> oh, no, it's not that one. Um, and in my assignment folder, I have the English 9, period 1, period 2, period 3, period 4, and period 7. And when I select that little arrow again, now it's going to give me all of the students' folders within that period. That's so nice. So I didn't, again, I didn't touch it. I just ran the script, and this is what it did for me. What so a time saver. So now as a student, um, I can tell my students, anytime you want to share something with me, make sure you put it in your assignment folder. The other thing is this folder here, this um, Regan Katie English 9 assignment folder, will end up in that students shared with me. Just have them add it to their drive. It's not a big deal. Because you don't have permission for their drive folder just for the shared with me part. Okay. Jeff, can you uh -huh. see something like this being used on a school level, or would this mostly just be good for classrooms? I mean, I'm 
kind of intrigued by seeing if we just set it up automatically for the teachers at the beginning of the year. I mean, if, you're, them a spreadsheet? if you're a Google Apps for Ed building, you could easily just take your output from your student data management system and then just auto load all the teachers stuff and they don't even have to do it. Right. Well, right. They, they were silly well, I guess you, to do like the octopus. I mean, I mean, I'd, oh, I yeah. I don't want them to do G class folders without, you know, soon after that trying and using Doctopus because that will just make everything so much better. Yeah, I would do it on the teacher level because the teacher will be owning those folders instead of the school. Yeah. That's exactly what I was just thinking too. So you'd have to do it from the teacher. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So um, wait, hold on, hold on, Kate. Another little hint. Um, sometimes my special ed students would have a hard time remembering which folder was the folder they were supposed to turn things into. You know, even though I would say it's a Simon's folder or something. But a little trick that I taught them is um, you can change the color of your fo of your folder to you know just about any color you want to. And so I I taught my students that they should change the color of their folder. Um, the assignments folder so they knew which one to turn their assignments into. So it's just a little hint, um, just, you know, change the color, you know, the, the kids who would forget, just tell them to change the color of their folder and I make them change it to pink because that's my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> and they know if they're giving it to me, they're putting it in a pink folder. That's a good idea. That's really it's helpful because I have, I have some kids who just, they, they, they're like, edit, view, assignment, they just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so no, guys, as we're going through here, we do have some people who are watching us live, and they have a few questions. Now, just keep in mind when they're asking questions, they're on about a 45-second delay. So we have a lot of questions coming in here over on TeacherCast.tv. Uh, Catherine is saying, just to clarify, the students have to add to their drive and not just their shared folder. Can you go back to make sure how, we, how the students connect with you guys? or how does Yep. Um, so because I ran the script underneath my account, I own the folders that I just made with the script. They're in my drive account. This particular folder, this student folder here that says Regan Katie English 9, that will end up in Katie Regan's shared with me section of the drive when she logs in. And then you would just click on, and I'll show you how to do that real quick. Click on the little box next to the file and then just click add to my drive. And then that will show up underneath their drive folder, main main drive folder. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, so Jeff, it's just it's automatic. That's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> I, 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 my question well, is how do I do another, this to organize the triplets? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could talk about some other scripts for that too. <laughs> Another little um, a little sort of thing you should be aware of, because um, I'd like to tell you about little problems that come up, because uh, I just did this. Um, one problem that came up is when the students get those folders, it is not in their My Drive. It's in their Shared With Me. And that's what I just said. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to you. Of course not. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Echo, well, <laughs> echo, echo. Did I stutter? Did I stutter? Now they doubly know. I'm sorry. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to you. I was on Twitter. Okay, so you know, something else to note is that when these things are shared with them, it's in their shared with me folder. <laughs> Wait, did you guys say that it was in their shared with me folder? I'm not sure we covered that yet. It's in the shared with me folder. God. Well, that's one thing that people will not forget. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> this happens often actually but that's okay because repetition can be important yeah. um what's okay so now i'm going to show you the power between g class folders and doctopus can i do i have time for that uh, for yes it? but we have a question what folder is everything shared into what do you mean Never mind. When when they turn something into oh oh they shared with me. Oh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeff Jeff lobbed you up a softball and you missed. I did. I whipped. Oh, Casey struck out. Carrie struck out. Yeah, yeah. Poor <laughs> Carrie. That's the oh, lady geeks every live every Thursday. Where is she? Where's Carrie? Carrie okay. and Carrie. I mean, it does go so, off the tongue. Um, I don't want to, you know, I want to make sure we get enough time that I can show you Doctopus because yeah, I talked, we got, we got um, time. it's awesome. Okay, so Doctopus was that photocopier type thing, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. We always say we don't want to use technology to do the same things that we already are doing because that's not really a step forward. But it, this really is a step forward because because of the Google Apps thing with the collaboration and the real-time collaboration and the revision history and then the Gubric where you can add a rubric to the assignment. I mean, yes, it's like a photocopier, but it takes it so much further than just photocopying a worksheet. Uh, so from your G-Class folder spreadsheet, you have one of these. You're going to go down to get G-Class Hub URL. And I didn't talk about any of the other scripts yet, but um, Autocrat is a really nice one that's a mail merge that you can also get from this area. So when I clicked on the G-Class, um, get G-Class URL Hub, or Hub, whatever, URL, uh, it brought up this little window, and then I'm going to click on that. And it brings up another tab. And this is where I'm going to choose which script I want to use right now. So there's Autocrat, that's the mail merge. You can do um, like taking the information from the spreadsheet and making a new document with it. Doctopus takes something you've already created and making like, a photocopy of it. PageMeister takes the information from the spreadsheet and makes a, a page on your Google site for each one of those people in your spreadsheet. Cool. That's cool. I'm going to choose, I want to choose period one for my English nine. That's the only one right now that I'd like to send the template to and then click launch. I must say that Doctopus has the best logo of all. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. We still are in debate of what that actually is. I'm pretty it's, sure it's a racquetball racket covered in socks. I'm that's sure. what I thought, but somebody also <laughs> said that it looked like something was spanking. Yeah, I always thought it was. I thought it was, I thought it was spanking, spanking right? I thought it was spanking going yeah, on for sure. I definitely see some spanking there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, let's let's, let's keep the show PG, okay? Uh, Pe- Peggy's watching out there in Arizona, so we want to keep the show uh, PG here. Okay. All right, so um, the it's going to create a new spreadsheet for me that already has the Doctopus script installed. I still have to go through the settings, but it all will give me a new spreadsheet where it's already installed. So I want to name my spreadsheet. I want to make sure I name it the assignment title. So let's say I'm working on um, essay number one for unit one. I want to make sure I name it that. But it, you know, for this purpose, I'm just going to click that, create new Doctopus, and then it will give me a link to a new spreadsheet. And you see I have my original G-Class spreadsheet here. This is the one that I created already. This is the new one that it created for me. So um, of course, in my old, my first spreadsheet, I only had one student in this here, in English 9 oh, period right. one. So yeah. that's why there's only one that shows up in this spreadsheet. So Doctopus is already installed, but I need to launch it and then authorize it. This happens every, you know, every time, but there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. And then I do that again. And not only, okay, this is what's awesome. Not only can you send out a template to each individual student that's shared automatically between one and one, so teacher and student, you can set up project groups. So let's say I want to put three groups of three together and they would each have a different document, like a jigsaw. Hmm. Um, I could do a differentiated group or a small group with a lower reading level. I could give them a different assignment or a different, you know, um, a modified assignment. And then I can give the same document to the whole class where they would all be editing that one document. So for this, I'm going to do the photocopier one where you're sending the same template out to every single kid. I'm not going to give my the rest of my class access, but you could give them view and comment only access. I'm going to allow that student to edit. This is the one that I use almost every day for bell work. Gotcha. And this is I use this for all of my essays and all my short writing assignments, paragraphing, things like that. Let's 
Okay, and then then that teacher folder will come in handy because look at all the folders that I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, here it is. Oh nope, that's not it. That was an accident. Period nine teacher folder. I don't think there's anything in there actually. That's not a good. And what this can copy is a document, a spreadsheet, or a PowerPoint, or a presentation. Hmm. And a folder. I can do a whole folder. So I'm going to copy the uh, document. And then it's, it says to select a folder. So I need to make sure that I'm sending this document to my student folders. And it doesn't tell me it's the assignment folder, the last no. one that I edited. No, if you if you go into that drop down where it says select a folder. Yeah, that's where I am. Oh, I don't see that window. Oh, you don't? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I can go to like my English nine period one assignment folders and that will send this document to all of those assignment folders in my period one folder. Hmm. Then here's where the naming conventions come in. I want to name this document starting with a student last name. So I'm copying and pasting these variables oh, cool. into here. So that's going to pull the student last name and their first name into the file name. This is priceless, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they never do this right ever. <laughs> so I get to name the file. That's that's huge. Yeah, huge. Because how many times have I put on the board the file convention, naming convention, last name first, and that's exactly what they write. Right. Last name first. Is your last name last name? No. Or you so why would you need just like banana twenty six and you're like, what yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so frustrating. Yes. And then step four, you just run, copy, and share. So what's awesome about Dactopus is that it takes um again, it takes a template, it copies it for every kid in that assignment folder. And then I get a link to all of my student documents right in the spreadsheet. So that was my workflow. I would open the spreadsheet and then click on the student linked document and it would open up their document. I would just go through down the spreadsheet. That's awesome. Then right what up. you can do, the last part that is super amazing for teachers is to attach a rubric. And what that does is take a spreadsheet that you've created with a rubric. So. Huh? Show off. Yeah. I, and I've used this and it, it's super amazing. So I attach a rubric to this assignment. You can only attach one. And what that does is take a rubric that you've created and attach it to this particular assignment one, um, 119. And then when I open up the student document, I would click on, let me show you an example. Um, I have way too many folders. No, okay, I don't have access to it in this account. Um, so it would, the little guy would show up at the top here, this little thing. And when I click on that, after I've associated the rubric with the assignment, it'll pop up with the rubric. And then embed the rubric into that student document and take the information from the rubric and populate the spreadsheet with it. Holy cow. <laughs> That's awesome. Is your mind blown? Yes, ex just exploded. And just remember, there are videos all over the place that will help you with this. And of course, you can rewatch this video over and over again. Um, but it is not as intimidating as it sounds. I am deathly afraid of spreadsheets. And when you start talking about multiple spreadsheets and spreadsheets, Talking to spreadsheets, numbers. Wow, 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 wow. So this, I mean, I did it, and I, 
I, I know that I call myself a lady geek, but in some ways I'm not. Um, and it was scary. And I, but it was not, it was not difficult at all. So just watch one of the videos and just go through it slowly. And you'll do it one time. It'll be a little difficult, but not too bad. And then after that, it's easy, super easy. Can you see this right now where it says assignments in Dr. Post at the top? Uh, English 9, period 1, Dr. Post for 119.14. Oh. You're showing us that window, not your screen. Yep. It just seems so easy to put together, Katie. Mm -hmm. What does? Putting these scripts together. I mean, uh, you know, I, just like Sherry was saying, I'm, I'm one of those people who this is time consuming. This is nervous. This is, I don't get it. It's just easier to not do these things. But just the way you're showing us with this, it really is something that any any educator out there can easily put together. And, you know, maybe you mess up once or twice, but there are tons of resources out there. Of course, this show is going to be over at techeducatorpodcast.com slash 41. And, uh, you know, we've done, we've had uh, Andrew on the show before. And uh, the stuff that you're showing us here just seems so easy to do. How long did it take you to actually master this technique, Katie? Um, well, Andrew was really the only person that I knew, obviously he wrote them. Mm -hmm. So he was the only person that I knew for sure that could help me. Um, so it did take me a little bit of time to kind of figure a lot of it on my own. And then whenever I got stuck, I would ask him for help. Um, and then I, we've just created a nice little community. I know Jay Atwood does a ton of scripting and Adam Howell does a ton with his PE class. We just had him on last week. Yeah. And now we we have this nice little community of people that absolutely love scripts. Hmm. And so, it, I mean, the first time I did this, the very, very first time, it was probably a few weeks until I actually be, was able to understand what was happening and running it. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing this with others because I don't want them to have to worry so much of all the things that I had to worry about. I want to help them just get it moving and get it moving now. And just know that it's not that difficult. It really isn't. And it's, you know, you, you want to say to yourself, oh, I don't have time to do this. If you knew how much time this saved you when it comes to grading student work, it's a huge time saver. The, the Gubrick one that she talked about, I mean, it puts a rubric directly in their document and populates a spreadsheet with the grade that you put in the rubric. I mean, it's fantastic. So, Can I um, so show you real quick what it looks like? Sure, sure, sure. I, I have another question for you, but please go ahead. Okay, just real quick. Um, this is one of my student documents that I commented on here. And the little rubric guy pops up. And when I click on that, it looks for the rubric that I paired up with that assignment. And here it is. So then I just type in the numbers. I click submit. It pastes it right into the document with the grades and any comments I had at the end. Hmm. And it takes that information and puts it right into my spreadsheet here. That's really neat. So cool. Yeah. So cool. That Huge is. Time saver. So, Katie, as somebody who's just starting out as a Google Apps person, what advice would you give? I mean, I've got students who are looking at this going, so I've got like, students looking at it going, yeah, they've got Google, but they don't really get the concept of Google Docs. How do you introduce, and maybe I'll open this for everybody, of course, but how do you introduce this concept of creating Google Docs, sharing it, doing folders? How much class time does this actually take up? And what advice would everybody have for a new teacher really starting out? I mean, it's great to have all these folders and, and a system where the kids are making, but I, I don't have that. And there's a lot of teachers out there like me who are just starting out on this. What do you do on the first day? What do you do on the second day? I, I guess I wouldn't say that I would introduce this to a brand new Google apps person. They really have to under, get to understand the sharing, the settings, um, how documents work. I think that's more important and adding people to your document and the live saving in this every three seconds and um, the revision history, all that stuff. I think that needs to be understood before you get into scripting. I agree. So a basic introduction lesson could just be go create a Google doc and share it with me. Yep. And then I, what I've done in my trainings before is I've 
just given a link to a Google Doc and everyone opens it and everyone starts typing in it so that they can see that. And then from there, I show them the revision history and I show them how to comment and I show them the share settings. Um, so I walk them through all of those pieces and then make them, or not make them obviously, but then they go and try that on their own and work with these kids on their own until they kind of have all of those things down. Nice. John, how you doing over there? John's watching the game. Up. I'm not watching the game. I can't watch the game from my computer room. I'm sitting here um, listening. Taking it in. It's very interesting. So I was going to ask Katie, what would you say is her number one place to go to just to like find the scripts or like have some other like video tutorials that are out there for uh, some of the things? Um, what, what's like your best your best resource to go to if like people did want to start up and they did have a basic understanding of how Google works and they want to watch some videos or something like that. Cause I know there's some Doctopus um, ones out there, right? Yeah. And I have a few on our website, but I always start with when I am thinking about automating a workflow, like what do I actually want to do? And then I go to um, one of Andrew's sites, it's cloudlab.com newvisions.org and that's a list of all of his scripts and a description of each one so then i can look at the descriptions and figure out which one works best for what i want to do and then his upd.org website has a ton of videos for all of the different scripts um jay i know has done a bunch of screencasts i have um you can just look and look them up on youtube not all of them are perfect but you know everybody out there that's doing this is interested in helping everybody else. And that, yeah, who would you say, are, who would you say are the big, uh, the other go-to people is Alice Keeler. One of the, does she do a lot with it too? I see people asking her questions a lot on Twitter. I just she does a lot more with, she does stuff with scripts, but she does a lot more with a spreadsheet by itself with the formulas. Mm -hmm. um, she's amazing with forms and formulas. I can't even fathom some of the things that she's done. I, me, I can't, I have no idea sometimes. Um, yeah, she's amazing. She's a man, she's a wizard with spreadsheets. Um, and Bjorn, actually Bjorn, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, wrote G-Class folders first, by the way, or he wrote it with Andrew. I don't want to leave him out because he is super, super smart and yeah. deserves a lot of credit for that. Yes. And there's more scripts coming out all the time to automate your classroom even more. Um, one of the ones I'm learning about right now is called Doc Appender. I'm kind of excited about that one, where um, basically the students are all editing the same document, but they are not. They're just adding to a document. So imagine like um, putting a question out there, like uh, in a form. Um, in, in a, yeah, in a form. And you're asking them the question, like, you know, what was your favorite kind of potato chips? And then all of a sudden you see on the board, a document fill up with all of their responses um, one at a time and it just sort of appends it to whatever document you put up there. So I'm kind of excited to play with Doc Appender. I just learned about it last week and I'm super excited to try it in class. You know, everybody, we're coming up to the top of the hour here and there are a ton of questions coming up. Where can we go if we want to get in hold of you guys and learn more information about the great stuff you are doing over at Lady Geeks? We are ladygeeks.org. Go ahead, Katie, you do it. .org. Ladygeeks.org. And tell us a little bit about that show. You do a live show every week, is that right? Every Thursday night. Every Thursday night we have um, ourselves on and as well as a Geek of the Week. Um, and we have uh, usually a focus, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, well, in any certain way you use technology in the classroom. So some weeks we've uh, focused on augmented reality or um, you're, you're building your, your, your personal network of educators. Um, and so, and then we have the Geek of the Weekend and, and we just have a really fun time just talking about whatever the focus is and um, learning so, from each other and teaching one another. Who is our Geek of the Week this week? Huh, I can't. Hmm. Uh, slipping my mind. Jeff, Jeff, do you by chance know who our geek is this week? I know I'll be watching the show. It'll be a good time. I'll be I'll be I'll be there on Thursday night. 
<laughs> Jeff is our Geek of the Week Thursday night, oh, nice. and he's going to talk to us about um, his podcasting workflow, because if you see his podcast, it's a lot different than ours. I, I mean, I love that you have the picture-in-picture -picture thing in your podcast. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun. So <laughs> tell it, us about that it workflow. Works so, it works so flawlessly all the time, too, if you didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what every single time that john samuelson says anything the the word hashtag sarcasm needs to pop up my lower third from now yeah. on sarcasm nice <laughs> well guys i want to certainly say thank you all for joining us i want to say thank you everybody out there for watching us jeff where can we find more information about inst tech talk you know, you can find me at instructionaltechtalk.com, or you can definitely just find me on Twitter at INST Tech Talk. Nice. And you said you have a couple neat things going on this week. Tell us about those again. Yeah, we got a new podcast episode coming out uh, talking about hiring and looking at digital footprints of the people that you are interested in hiring. And uh, just some information that I'll probably compile about some cool new uh, Google Spr or Google scripts that I've learned about tonight. So Yay. try and get that put together and share uh, the Lady Geeks um, video tutorials about them. Oh, you know what, too? I use Formule to schedule all of our upcoming podcasts and send out automatically emails and share nice. documents automatically. Yeah. Nice. Very and, cool. And Jeff, are you, just so we're you know getting ready for this, are you for going through uh, people's personal Gmail and, and About Me pages and stuff before you go and interview them? Um, okay, so I don't want people to get like creepy about looking at stuff, but I think you can get a pretty cool or good understanding about people's background by seeing if they have a blog, if they're active on Twitter, what kind of things they share. You know, if there are people that have spent a lot of time and participate in Twitter chats, they're going to be on like the cutting edge of technology and they're going to be a good hire to, you know, bring into a department. I'm not saying that that's your only criteria, but it's definitely something that you know, can help sway your decision if they're going to be someone that's interested in collaborating. Nice. Looking forward to hearing about that. And uh, talk to us a little bit about the stuff that's going on over at iPad Sammy. Uh, we've got, uh, we didn't do a show last week on Techlandia, but um, I'm going to keep trying to see if I can crash the Lady Geek show as much as possible. I've already been successful once and popped Twice. on for the last five minutes. It's in 2014, um, just like Sam Patterson, who I think needs to, who has a llama in his car right now, I think, so let's go to Sam. Sam, are you there? Sam? Oh, it's not working. I'm on a cell network. Oh. <laughs> Sam is coming to us live from his car. <laughs> well, that was interesting. I love Sam. We've just oh, been Sam, crashed by Llama Boy. To get us... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Never know what to expect from Sam. <laughs> Never know what to expect. And that is why we are here every single Sunday night as your weekly webinar. Of course, you can check us out online at our website, techeducatorpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to us, become one of the almost 700 people that have already subscribed to us on YouTube by going to teachercast.net slash YouTube. But uh, you can certainly check us out over at techeducatorpodcast.com, where we have all of your videos, audios, and subscribables thetecheducatorpodcast.com. We will be live next week where we are going to be having another great webinar. Please join us over at teachercast.tv each and every week. On behalf of John, Jeff, Sam, Waka, Katie, and Sherry, thank you so much for watching us. Enjoy the rest of the night watching NFL football. We will be back next week during the Pro Bowl because no one watches the Pro Bowl. We will see you then. Please enjoy everything and for more information, of course, you can check us out on Twitter at Tech Ed Show. Good night, everybody. We will be back later next week.